Hey, everyone. You found the Don't Suck at AI podcast, where you'll hear from AI industry icons about how their companies are producing successful AI solutions that are changing the way we do business today and into the future. So here's your host, John Lindsay. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Don't Suck at AI podcast. Today, we have an energized show for you as we're welcoming Flo Nicholas, Chief Growth and Community Officer at How to Contract. She is an absolute zealot for technology in the legal space and an absolute one of a kind. We're so grateful to have her on the show with us today. So let me tell you a little bit about what I know about Flo. She's from the Northeast, and we were actually just talking Patriot football. So I dig everybody from the Northeast. So does Bill. So we liked you already. We're good. Throw in the fact that she's absolutely passionate about technology and and changing the old school ways in legal tech space. I knew we had to have her on the show. Flo cut her legal chops early in her career with a focus on litigation, bankruptcy, and real estate law for joining one of the big communication giants, which I won't name, but you'd know, where she combined her legal expertise with her love of engineering and technology. After about 10 years of big corporate life, Flo ventured out onto her own, has been absolutely crushing it with several new ventures and exciting partnerships in the legal tech space, some of which we will get discussed with her today. So Flo, thanks for joining us today. I gave our listeners a quick overview of your already illustrious career. What did I leave out? (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much, John. I'm really happy to be here. I think you caught a good glimpse off my career. As you can see, very diverse background. I always like to call myself like the oddball in terms of my legal background. And speaking about background, you can probably also hear my sidekick Slade over there. Slade is killing it on the podcast. Yeah, Slade Come wants on, to bring be it, part Slade. of the show. He's really big on legal tech and AI, <laughs> and he's very vocal in this house about the importance of it. Go Slade. Um, we'll bring an interpreter. Yeah. I hear everything he's saying. I'm good. We're good with it. Right, Bill? Yes. Like I said, I've had the d- diverse career some litigation and bankruptcy and real estate and wound up in telecom where I was in the corporate technology and operations department overseeing multi-million dollar modifications to the cell towers and overseeing outside console, working with in-house console and managing various teams off wireless vendors. So it was definitely uh, an exciting time, but also probably one of the major reasons how I really fell in love with technology and got into this whole legal tech and being an advocate for the importance of utilizing and leveraging legal tech tools. Awesome. Well, Flo, what we like to do on every episode here is we put out a a don't suck fun fact. And in this case, actually, it should be a flow fun fact. So (laughs) Flo, here's, here's the, actually, we should have two. I didn't know that you're You divorced Tom Brady. That is actually a fun fact. So Flo has, let's just go on the record and let everyone know that one fun fact is Flo has officially divorced Tom Brady since Uh, he left. So that's done. Done and over. Tabloids, you can pick that up and run it. But here's the other Flo fun fact is that Flo, I've noticed that you have more nicknames than anyone in this industry. Here's a couple that I have heard you refer to as the non-boring lawyer. So we know flow is fun. The contract tech queen, legal tech's leading lady. That's one of my favorites and several others. So Flo, yeah. here, you're really shaking up the industry that, quite frankly, has a, a reputation for being a bit stuffy. So <laughs> let's talk about bringing all this personality to this space because people absolutely love it. Talk to me about how you are approaching the space because you're killing it. 
Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I didn't realize I have that many uh, nicknames until you actually just <laughs> walked down the list. But, you know, legal technology and just for me, I also like to say legal tech and contract tech, right? Because how to contract, we're all about, you know, the contracting community. It's an online platform that was founded by Laura Federick. And it's a training and development for learning how to do contract negotiation and drafting. You know, a lot of people, when they say legal tech, is just so broad. It could mean literally anything. For me, my focus has been on contract technology because that's what I'm used to negotiating and drafting contracts. You know, when you see what's on the market and when you hear the people talking about legal tech and contract tech, you know, like you said, it's, it's a little boring. It's a little... <laughs> robotic. You know, for me, I've always had the vibrant personality. You know, that's the way I've always been, even when I was on conference calls with my teams. Who wants to be on a call and have someone put you to sleep? You want to be energized. You know, you want to be like, yes, yes. And we're going to meet our goal and we're going to go negotiate those license agreements. So I bring that kind of same energy with being an advocate for legal tech and contract tech tools. I'm seeing a huge difference in how people are responding. My prime focus is not to just say, oh, I'm focusing on law firms or I'm focusing just on lawyers. Because at the end of the day, it's not just lawyers who are negotiating contracts, right? With some corporations, you have contract managers, you have contract specialists, you have procurement teams. I wanna talk to everyone. Right, Anyone who touches a contract, even if you're the paralegal for the contract attorney, you still need those efficient tools. My message is to everyone. I want everyone to be energized because at the end of the day, we're collaborating as a team. And we need those tools to be able to efficiently and effectively collaborate and, you know what, be productive. Nice. And it's contagious, Flo. I mean, that's one of the reasons we wanted to have you on. The contract Queen has spoken and she has given us some background as to how she brings it. No question. So, Flo, let's dig in then a little bit to why you're on today and some of the things that we like to talk about. Obviously, it's the Don't Suck at AI podcast. So <laughs> let's start a little bit about what has sucked in the legal space. I know from some of your writings, you feel like the legal community has been a little slow adopting AI. Talk to us a, a little bit about why that might be. You know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. I've been seeing a lot of posts from other people in the legal tech community. And a lot of what I hear is, oh, lawyers are, it's really difficult for them to adapt and welcome change. And honestly, I find that hard to believe because as lawyers, we actually have to adapt to change. Why? Laws are always changing. Compliance rules and regulations are always changing. We managed to stay up to date with that. When I'm negotiating a contract with my counterparty, they're not going to just accept everything that I present to them. They're going to make changes. And what do I have to do? I have to adapt to those changes. I have to review those changes and determine whether they meet the business needs. So if we can do all that, stay atop of all the laws and regulations, which I think are by far even worse to try to keep up with, <laughs> tech tools that are easy to use... No, really find that hard to believe. What I think the problem is, is that there's so many tech tools and there's so many words that have been thrown out to people like lawyers, AI, right? What is it? Some people are not really sure what it is. 
coding, no code, you know, UX, UI. I mean, for average lawyer, that's like, what in the world are you talking about? <laughs> I think some of it is that the delivery of the message of how to leverage contract technology and legal technology is flat. Some people do a good job at really explaining the technology. And some people really throw in too many legal tech words that the average person in the legal community does not understand. I think we need to change the message. We need to simplify it. I see it all the time across uh, LinkedIn. You know, all this, oh, lawyers, you know, stop using all this legal lease language. You know, the average person can't understand it. Well, I think that's the same thing that we need to say to people who are selling legal tech and people who are advocating for legal tech is stop using all this technical language that is difficult to understand. If you want lawyers, law firms and organizations and any legal profession to adapt to legal tech, We've got to present it in a simple manner. And we've got to really educate in a simple manner. When you have simplification and not complication, I think you're going to see a huge difference with how people respond. Well, Flo, I think you're making a great point there. Keep it simple. Maybe you can share your take on how in real life we can fix that. And that, that would be a great path right into one of the services that you just set up to make it easier for legal professionals to make a decision on the right legal tech solution for their needs. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that we saw was when we were dealing with uh, how to contract, we, we started having members saying, hey, can you refer a contract tech vendor? You know, we're ready to implement, you know, some, some sort of tool into our day to day. But, you know, it's not that easy, right? It, you can't just say, well, oh, I recommend, you know, this tool because I really need to understand what that business is doing, what their day-to-day -day is, what their workflows and procedures, you know, what's not working for them that they're trying to implement, you know, why they want that tech tool. And here's the thing, there's so many contract tools on the market. So it's like, where do I even start? I could literally recommend over 20, <laughs> but maybe those 20 don't exactly offer what that person is looking for. And, and this is why Lara came to me and said, hey, why don't we do a contract tech showcase? Why don't we invite contract tech vendors and they can do a demo of the product and then you walk through with them and we'll ask all the right questions. The questions that anyone who's shopping for a contract tech tool should be asking. And those questions will help because it could be a thing of, you know what, we have too many contracts. And some of them, you know, the manual processes, we should be able to automate. If you have your template and you're sending your template to the other side and there's no dispute, why is it taking over two weeks just to get that template to be executed, right? So maybe for you, you need that CLM tool, you know, that would just efficiently kick that contract off, get the approval it needs, bam, you, you get your DocuSign and, and you're done. And maybe you spend one hour just doing that versus two weeks trying to chase a simple document. So this contract tech show will not only help visibility in terms of a contract tech vendor, it also will help anyone who's shopping, you know what? I do all the work for you, right? I ask all those tough questions. You get to sit back. 
You get to relax and you just get to see what's out there and say, oh, okay, that tool can do that. Oh, that's exactly what we need. Oh, it has that feature. That's exactly what we need. So we're often a, a practical and easy and entertaining because John, <laughs> you did say I was entertaining. So we're often a practical and entertaining way to preview all the contract tech tools that are on the market. Our first vendor was Lauren Sider. I have two more vendors that I'm going to be recording with in, in October. So I'm really excited for that. So this is the platform that we're off. No, that's awesome, Flo. And sounds almost to me like when I think about it back in the early days, they you know had Angie's list, right? If you were looking yeah. for somebody, this should be Flo's list. I think you should rename it. That's, a, that's my personal opinion, Bill. I'd name it Flo's list is what I would do. Good idea. So you can write me a check later, Flo. Uh, <laughs> let me ask you this, and, I, and you touched on it a little bit, but let's shift gears just a bit. So whether you admit it or not, are an established influencer in the AI space. People listen to you. I see it all over the place on LinkedIn. So I know you're seeing some of the same hype that we see out there. How do you help people that are hearing all these confusing, fearful marketing messages that are out there? How do people really start absorbing that? In our space, Flo, what we hear is that people are scared of it. It's not right. just that they're even confused, <laughs> they're fearful of it, right? The yeah. message, the way we present it. And Bill, we had Steve Cadigan, the author of, of Workquake in. He's a Silicon Valley legend. He was telling us that his thought is that we've just approached it so dramatically wrong, that we're talking about digital and cold and tech and steel, and it, I mean, you're going to lose your job and people are right. going to be out of work. And as opposed to saying, hey, what happens if we had this thing? It could help you do things better. It's going to get you more educated. It's going to give you a career path. It's going to make you more money. It's going to help you do right. your job better. That narrative out there on the marketing side, what, what do you see? What's the gap between why it's not being absorbed today and how much better it could be? No, I think you touch on like a really good point. You know, we're making it sound so complicated. Like the world is going to end if, if this technology <laughs> is not a adopted quickly. Should it get adopted? Yes. I think if anything, a lot of law, law firms and organizations and corporations, COVID should have been a rude awakening off the need to adopt the technology because I forgot who I was talking to, but they told me a story about a company. They, you know, decided to downsize because everybody was working from home and, you know, they had lost, you know, some orders and they decided to downsize and let some employees go. They got the equipment back, the laptops from those employees, and they wiped them clean. What they didn't realize is that they were contracts on those laptops and nobody else had access to those contracts but those employees. So they literally wiped out vital information that if they had something like a contract management tool or contract lifecycle management tool, they would have still had access to that information. Anyone who's working on a contract in an organization, that contract should be visible to other members of the organization. So. If COVID did not wake people up immediately, there has to be something else bigger going on. Yeah, the marketing strategy is definitely important. And like I said, let's not treat this as a, this like robotic, this whole infrastructure of tech language that, you know, is just not, make it easy to understand. That's the strategy that I think anyone who's working in this sector needs to adopt. Because again, people don't want to be forced into something just to say, well, if you're not, you know, you're not going to use this, then, you know, you're not going to make it to the finish line. I mean, are you going to be slow to the finish line compared to your competitors? You know, yeah, probably. 
I mean, and if you're okay with it and you want to take that pace where you take your time, that's the decision that you have to make. But at the end of the day, here's the thing. If your competitors are thinking fast forward and they're going to push forward and leverage that tech tool, are you going to be able to be okay with that? I think that's the approach that I would take from an advertising standpoint to say, hey, use this when you're ready, but just beware that there are other people out there who are successfully seeing the results, you know, right? People like numbers. We are, we're data driven, right? So show the results, you know, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Here's what we see. 70% is working, 80% improvement in this. To me, 70, 80%, those are high numbers. Yeah. I'll take 70, 80% improvement on anything over 0% improvement. So I think if, again, going back to simplifying the message, but also show the data, legal tech isn't new. That's the thing. Let's first of all, can, can we just talk about that real quick? Legal tech is not new. Contract tools and legal tech tools have been around for years. What's new about it now, thanks to COVID, is that everybody knows about it more now, right? We're talking about it more. It's like, what? You, you know, you start looking, you're like, wow, that company was founded in 2008. How come I never heard about them? Because we didn't think about the need for it before. We were just downloading a contract email in the PDF, and then you you just hope you can find it later. You know, COVID now with the story I just told you where people accidentally deleted their whole data off contracts. Now you're like, wait a minute, I need to account for where my contracts are. I need to be able to work remotely if I have to and be able to have access to my contracts and my documents. But like, again, I think data analytics is going to be huge in order to go ahead and educate people on the importance of using legal tech. Well, Flo, you've been focused on contracts as we've been discussing, and you have the queen title. So <laughs> uh, to help our audience understand a little bit better in, in the way of legal tech as it pertains to contracts, can you say a little bit more about workflow? Uh, you know, I've had my own experience passing contracts back and forth, <laughs> not as an attorney. We had a... Uh, professional services contract. So our legal counsel drafted a contract and then I would hand it off to the procurement guy on the other, on the owner operator company, and they would take it to their legal office yeah. <laughs> and we'd come back. And then I'd have to send it back up the flagpole on this side. It took two months, but it was just so laborious. This technology that you're talking about can improve the workload and, and make life simpler for everybody. No, it definitely can. And Bill, what you describe is exactly what I went through when I was in telecom. You know, you would think that that's not possible. You're working, you work for a big tech company. They, they wouldn't dare have those type of processes. No, but it happened. You know, I, you know, the contract went to this person went to that person then this person touched it then but by the time it went through the workflow you you sometimes you forgot where the contract was and sometimes you didn't have visibility on what was going on and that's not acceptable you know and this is why when I see big companies out there like Eversword or, or an Ironclad, and, and I'm not promoting anybody, uh, but, <laughs> but I'm just saying for an example, when you see those big contract lifecycle management tools available, where you can literally, you know who touches that contract. From the time the contract is triggered, you can see where it's going and you can control where it needs to go. That's the beauty of it. Because again, if it's a straightforward template, why does everybody and their mother need to touch it? They really don't. 
straightforward templates that are not contested, there's no red lines or anything, should not take two months to get executed. And if businesses are doing that, I just don't even know how you can make money. Straightforward contracts should be getting executed within an hour. It should take an hour because you're not arguing over anything. Hey, this looks good. Payment provision looks good. Everything else, two thumbs up. I mean, wh- why is it taking so long? It really shouldn't. And this is why those CLM tools work really well because, again, only the complex contracts, even those shouldn't take two months. And if they are taking that long, then, you know, you need to start reevaluating, well, what is it? You know, is it because the the tool, the contract itself is that complex and there's too much back and forth going on? Or is it maybe there's no bandwidth in your legal department? And maybe you need to use that CLM tool to have visibility as, do I have enough bodies in the legal department? If I don't, do I need to add more bodies, right? And those CLM tools can pull that data. You can run reporting to see how long it's taking you to execute your contracts. I call that data analytics. And then you can use that data to work with legal departments, sales teams, HR to say, hey, we need more people. Or maybe sales teams, those templates that are not disputed and have no red lines, they don't need to come to the legal department. You guys should feel empowered to go ahead and and execute those. You know, only send these type of agreements to the legal department. Then you don't overwhelm legal on things that are just so simple. But you bring up a really good point, Bill. Yeah, it should not be taking two months. There are some things you can do in an hour. That's good stuff, Flo. Oh, look, we've got time for one more. So let me ask you this. It's been a crazy year. We've all somehow made it through the pandemic. We're all coming out on the other side. As you mentioned, change everywhere. It's going fast. It's impacting all of us, certainly impacting you with your new ventures. Get the crystal ball out. Take a look. I know I know you can't tell me when the Patriots are going to win the next Super Bowl. I know, I know you can't tell me that, but AI, legal tech, all this amazing technology coming together. Where's it going? What do you see next in your space? Yeah. What do you see next in your business? You know, I see the numbers going up. A lot of studies and a lot of surveys, uh, you know, the numbers keep going up of people who are saying we're starting to look into this seriously. You know, GC's saying, you know, not only do we want our in-house console to be leveraging technology tools, but we also want our vendors on the outside to be doing the same. We're going to see the numbers go up. I don't think this whole talk off, oh, you know, Lawyers and GCs are are still slow to want to, you know, utilize legal tech. I I think we're not going to hear that as much. I think what it's going to be more off is give us more. We want more of it. We want to use it. And we we like the efficiency. So if anything, I think the demand is going to go up. Legal tech right now is a billion dollar sector. I don't see that number going down. I think billions (laughs) are still going to continue to be made. And it's going to just boil down to is which company is going to be swimming in that billion dollar pool. My last prediction is I see a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Okay. Tech sector. Yes. Well put. Well, that pool, I'm I'm putting my floaties on. (laughs) I'm jumping in with you. Let's bring this one home. I took away some fantastic stuff out of this. First of all, Flo, (laughs) bringing it to legal tech with the kind of excitement and enthusiasm that you're bringing, that absolutely doesn't suck. 
Slade joining us for the entire podcast. <laughs> Slade, you, you just go right about it. Slade's got as much energy as you do. Right, he does. I thought he was going to fall asleep. Slade is not going to sleep anytime soon. <laughs> I can tell you that. And then lastly, AI adoption, increasing, numbers going up, finding better ways to deliver it through some of the services that you're providing at your new firm. That doesn't suck at all. This is phenomenal. So do me a favor, share with the listeners that want to follow the queen of tech, (laughs) where do they find you? Because I know our listeners are going to want to follow you after this and and see what you're up to and stay in touch. Where do they find you? Yeah, definitely. You can find me on LinkedIn. I am on Twitter as the non-boring lawyer. Uh, We also have the how to contract YouTube channel. So you want to hit subscribe if you want to catch my uh, contract tech showcase streaming series on YouTube and you, you get to stay up to date with the latest contract technology on the market. Awesome, Flo. Well, this has been phenomenal. Thank you to our listening family that tune in with us every week. I know you guys have enjoyed this. Flo, you're killing it out there. We will continue (laughs) to watch what you're doing on LinkedIn. Uh, Just makes Bill and I happy to watch somebody having so much fun doing what you're doing. Bill, what would you add to that? (laughs) No, it's been a pleasure to to have this conversation, Flo. And uh, I I love uh, productivity improvement and keeping it simple. Uh, And uh, You know, there's that acronym, the KISS principle, keep it simple, smarty pants. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. (laughs) All right. Well, that one brings this to a close. So Flo, up in Patriot land, Bill and I down here in Texas, we want to say thank you again for joining us. And Flo, this was fun. And, And I see how much fun you're having. Thank you for joining us. And that is a wrap, baby. 